Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. Like millions of other people, I love to read mysteries, whodunit. We read feverishly to find out. I've heard of strange people who like to read the last chapter first. Such an abomination. These authors work hard to fool you, so you'll be totally flabbergasted when you find out who the guilty one is. To look ahead before reading the book is written as well, if you do that, you just ought to be ashamed. As I've said many times, there is one book that is in a class by itself, and that, of course, is the Bible. There's no other book like it, and there never will be one. The Bible is one book that you should know a bit about before you tackle it. It's definitely a mystery to those who don't have the help of the Holy Spirit as they read. I can figure out most books on my own that I read, but not the Bible. Paul said this about understanding spiritual truth. This is sort of an extended passage, so buckle your seatbelts. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That was from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to notice that Paul says, God has revealed things to us through the Spirit. While our intellect plays a part, understanding the things of God does not come primarily through the intellect, but through the Spirit. Man is a spiritual being. Someone has well said that man is not a body that has a spirit, but a spirit that has a body. Your spirit is that aspect of your nature that can communicate with God, for God himself is spirit. Your spirit is the real you. Your body is temporary. So as the passage from Corinthians said, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The Bible is spiritually understood, not naturally understood. Unless God's Holy Spirit is helping you, you will never know what the Bible is all about. So if someone picks up a Bible and begins to read in Genesis 1-1, he won't know what's going on, although he may think he does. You might say, well, Genesis 1 is about the creation of the world. That's true. 
But what is the creation of the world about? That's the question that scientists haven't been able to answer. With all their theories about how it happened, nobody seems to be interested in why it happened. So let me tell you. To get the answer, you have to skip way ahead in the, to the New Testament book of Colossians. Paul wrote this, and in the first chapter he said, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All things were created by Jesus, according to this passage, and not only were all things created by him, but all things were created for him. Creation is about Jesus Christ, which brings me to my main point. The Bible is about Jesus Christ. He is the theme from the very beginning. And that's what you need to know before you try to read the book. So many people have gone astray with the Bible because they didn't approach it from this vantage point. Listen to these verses from Ephesians 1. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the kind intention which he purposed in him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. The summing up of all things in Christ. That includes all things in the Bible, beginning with Genesis 1.1. So let's do a bit of summing up here. This will be the Reader's Digest version. In Genesis, Jesus is the seed of the woman that will crush the serpent's head. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb that was slain so that the death angel would not visit the homes of the Israelites. In Leviticus, he is the perfect high priest as well as the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, and he is the one lifted up so that all who are afflicted by the consequences of sin may look and live. In Deuteronomy, he is the prophet like Moses with the word of the Father in his mouth. In Joshua, Jesus is the captain of the army of the Lord who stands before us with a sword in his hand. In Judges, he's the deliverer sent to rescue the people who are in bondage because of their sin against God. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer as well as the one who will one day sit on the throne of David and rule over the house of Jacob forever. In the historical books, he's the temple of God, made without hands, dwelling in the midst of his people. In the Psalms, he's the shepherd of his people. In the stone, which the builders rejected, which has become the chief cornerstone. In Proverbs, in the wisdom literature, he is the one made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. In Isaiah, 
Jesus is the suffering servant, the man of sorrows who is acquainted with grief. In Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch who will execute judge justice and righteousness in the land. In Ezekiel, he is the breath of God that changes the dry bones into a mighty army. In Daniel, he's the stone cut out of the mountain that smashes all the kingdoms of this world. In the Minor Prophets, he is the son of righteousness that will arise with healing in his wings. Now, I could go on through the New Testament, but I'm sure you know that there he is revealed as God in the flesh who came to seek and to save the lost, to bear the sin of many at Calvary, to rise from the grave and to ascend, to pour out the Holy Spirit on his church that he is building, that will one day stand before him in white, saved out of great tribulation to eternal glory and victory. Jesus said to his detractors, the Pharisees, he said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Now keep in mind that the only scriptures they had then were the writings of the Old Testament. Jesus said those scriptures testify about him, as I've been trying to demonstrate here. As he walked to the village of Emmaus on the day he rose from the dead and was talking to those two bewildered disciples, we're told that beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. My friend, the Bible is about Jesus Christ. No matter what book you're reading, look for Jesus there. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to see him. Jesus said that when he comes, the Holy Spirit will testify about the Son. If you open your heart, he will testify to you. Heavenly Father, open the hearts of those listening to this talk today. Give them a hunger for the Word of God, a hunger to hear the voice of God and to see Jesus Christ on every page of the scriptures. Open our hearts by the Holy Spirit and teach us in words of living flame the things you would have us to know and to do. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. My dear, dear friend, I would ask you to pray for us. We're seeking to establish sort of an outpost for the gospel in Schenectady, New York, and seeking to preach this word of God and to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ in that needy, needy area. And our fellowship is called Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at the American Legion Hall, which is located at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. And uh, we just ask you to pray for us. And if you live in that area, if you don't have a church home, we would love uh, to have you visit with us. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God bless you.